The Can't Wait Podcast is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. That's right, 60% off all your sports action. Also, shows on Broadway. How about the Rockettes? In Midtown, it is that time of year again. You can get Radio City Rockettes tickets under $60 right now on the Game Time app. You can do it all with an easy two-tap checkout. The Game Time app. It's simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Sanchez backpedals. Directing traffic fires. Touchdown. Romo buying time. Throws it's intercepted. Intended for Bryant. Picked off by Revis. And the Jets have the ball back in Cowboy territory. Fitzpatrick. To the end zone. It's Marshall. Touchdown, Jets. As Jones has it taken away by Jamal Adams. And he is in for a Jets touchdown. He stripped the ball from Daniel Jones and scores. Oh, my goodness. It all started great back-to-back trips to the AFC Championship. The quote that led to the name of this podcast, but then three coaches, four GMs, 11 starting quarterbacks, and the 2010 All-Decade Jets team well, it's something. Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes. Special edition of the Jets Can't Wait podcast. This is the all-decade team. Connor, we're going to go position by position looking back on the 2010s. Um, like I mentioned, it started great overall, not so great, but there's some pretty good players in this mix. Did you have a good time putting it together? Uh, yeah. I mean, the the crazy thing about it, man, was like I hopped on. I'm, I'm probably going to enjoy uh, – the next all assuming we'll do this next decade and hopefully that I'm, I'm still around here for this but i'll enjoy the next putting together the next all decade team because i'll have covered the whole decade which would be kind of cool like assuming that i stay in this realm of doing like that that time period just because like this one was a little tough because i jumped on the beat in 2014 so i had a chunk of it but the chunk before 2014 i didn't really know so that part was a little challenging trying to piece together some of the offensive linemen and and, you know, making a decision on the quarterback of, of was it, you know, was it Sanchez? Was it Fitz? Was it maybe McCown? You know, you don't really know. Um, so I, I think it was a, a little, a little difficult, but it was fun too. Like, like seeing some of these names and then actually realizing very quickly how bad the Jets have been and uh, during this decade. And one of the reasons being because of the players. I mean, you look at this, I think that they're all decade team maybe wins like eight or nine games in today's NFL. I mean, that's kind of like, that's that's the sad <laughs> state of, of the Jets all-decade team is that their all-decade team against the current NFL teams is not even a Super Bowl contender. So uh, we'll, we'll see though, man. It was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was something putting it together. It was something. 
Uh, the Jets' record right now in the decade, sixty-five and ninety in the regular season. Um, that does that counts this season actually. Uh, two winning records in the decade, eight straight years without a postseason berth. So let's get into it. And you mentioned quarterback. We're going to start right there. You have Mark Sanchez, you have Geno Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, and now of course Sam Darnold, who has the inside track on that twenty twenties All Decade team. But who did you go with, Connor? Yeah, I was I was between a couple of them, and and the two quarterbacks that I was between kind of mentioned it just a second ago was Mark Sanchez and and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick had the best season a Jets quarterback has had during the decade during that 2015 season. I mean, he he finished second, I think, uh, in passing yards for for a single season franchise record, broke the touchdown mark, uh, got the Jets to ten wins, which which was a pretty important milestone for this team during that decade. Aside from that year that Sanchez had, but from an individual performance, Fitzpatrick had it. The issue was that Fitzpatrick's tenure with the Jets was pretty much just that 2015 season. Because well, when he came back in 16, he imploded. He was benched for for Geno. Then he was benched for Petty. Then he got his job. I mean, it was just all kinds of brutal there with, with Fitzpatrick once he returned in 2016. So it was kind of saying, all right, well, while that one Fitzpatrick season was the best Mark Sanchez kind of had a little bit of a better run. In that 2011 season where he completed 56.7% of his passes, threw for 3,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, uh, I give the nod kind of with a little bit of hesitation to Mark Sanchez as a quarterback of the All-Decade team. Fitzpatrick was up there. Josh McCown just didn't win enough games to be the guy, um, and, and Sam Darnold just didn't play enough. But uh, it was or enough of this decade for him to be considered in that in that running. Uh, probably actually, if he finishes out this season as well as he does, then maybe yeah, he he could be the quarterback. But I'll go I'll go with Sanchez on this one again. He took the team to two AFC Championship games, although one came in the previous decade. Uh, although had, that, had that game came in this decade, right? The technically yeah, yeah. that AFC yes, championship. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the other thing that people need to remember about Sanchez is he played pretty well in those playoff games. I mean, the jets didn't not go to the super bowl because of Sanchez. It was kind right. of the defense and, and some, some wonky things that happened. Sanchez played well in the playoffs to get the jets, uh, and, and help the jets in their run. So, uh, we give the nod there, there to Sanchez, but honestly, if, if Fitzpatrick had gotten the jets in, in 2015, and that was the weird year where I think Andy Dalton, the Bengals lost Andy Dalton, and that was the team the Jets were going to play in the first round. Uh, they actually might have gone on a little bit of a run there, and they'd already beaten the Patriots, so they probably would have had to play them. And so, I mean, there was there was a path there for the Jets to actually do some legitimate damage in 2015 if they'd only beaten the Bills in Week 17. But Fitzpatrick imploded there, so give the uh, give the nod to Sanchez. All right, moving on to running back, which is fascinating because you have some huge names here that played for the Jets. Unfortunately, they were much better in their career before they ever became Jets. LaDainian Tomlinson, Matt Forte, guys like that. Uh, but then there was Sean Green, Chris Ivory, Bilal Powell, and, and Le'Veon Bell, of course, on the team um, right now. You decided to go middle of the decade and Chris Ivory. Yeah, you know, I I, I actually was – the other guy who I, I gave some consideration to is Bilal Powell just because of, of where he ranks on the Jets' all-time receiving. I mean, he's up there in top 10 – or uh, rushing yards, I'm sorry. And But the thing with, with Powell is that he's never really had the year where he's been the guy. I mean, he's never – cracked 800 yards in a season I know he's he's cracked 600 yards three times in 13 16 and 17 that was that was were good years and he's still a pretty good player but he's never really had that I'm the every down back I'm the guy and in fact the year that he was the every down back last year was when he got hurt and kind of lost that gig so 
the one guy that I gave it to, and, and it's kind of surprising and stunning to see his name on this list because he was a John Idzik acquisition, was Chris Ivory. And, and the guy had several very, very productive seasons for the Jets. I mean, he had... He had a, uh, uh, that three-year run with New York. He cracked more than 800 yards every single time and 1,000 yards in 2015. I mean, that's a pretty decent three years with a team, having 800, 800, 1,000. I mean, that, that's a really good year. And the Jets let him go after that 2015 season when he did break 1,000 yards because they knew they couldn't pay him. That's kind of when the Jets were, Jets were strapped for cash a little bit. And he got a uh, – God, who was the team he went to? Was it the Bills? No, he's, he ended up with the Bills. I forget who signed him, Chris Ivory. Maybe it was the – Titans, I have to look it up, but someone signed him away for an absurd contract, and the Jets just weren't able to match the money that Chris Ivory got, but uh, he actually had, from 2013 to 2015, a pretty a pretty decent three-year run there with the Jets. Like I said, 800 yards each year, 1,000 yards in 2015, and he had also had some, some pretty good touchdown numbers as well, so give the running back spot to Ivory. All right, on to the wide receivers, and this is an interesting group because it's really just not that hard to, to figure out. I mean, you have Robbie Anderson on the team right now who's been good for a number of years, but the three guys you picked, it seems like this wasn't a real tough debate. No, the Jets haven't had good receiver. I mean, there was a chunk there in, in this decade where their receivers were arguably the worst in the NFL, and while they have some talent now where you talk about, like you said, Robbie Anderson, Quincy and Nunwa earlier in the decade they had some guys – their best receivers honestly played together in 2015 and 16, and that was Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. I mean, those two guys formed a one-two punch. That was among the best. And that 2015 season that they both put together with Fitzpatrick was arguably the most prolific offensive attack the Jets have had since Don Maynard, Joe Namath, and all that stuff. I mean, Ryan and Marshall shattered basically every single receiving record when he caught 109 passes for 1,500 yards and 14 touchdowns. The 14 touchdowns tied Don Maynard, if I'm not mistaken. So that was, yeah, tied Don Maynard for touchdown catches. So that year was absolutely absurd. Mike McCagnon was able to acquire him from a fifth-round pick for the Chicago Bears. Little trivia if ever you find yourself on Jeopardy and they they ask you this question. The player that the Bears drafted with that fifth-round pick from the Jets, they actually used on safety Adrian Amos, who I think he's now with the Packers, but he's been a pretty, a really good player, actually. He's been a, a really, really good player for the Bears and then obviously with, with Green Bay, who I believe he's with now. Uh, but that's that was Brandon Marshall. Obviously deserves one spot. Eric Decker had a really consistent 2014 and 15 seasons. 2016 got a little hurt, and that's when the Jets let him go in 2017. But he was kind of the ultimate professional, so reliable, a really, really good player. And he caught so many touchdowns. I mean, he played in 33 games over those third, thir- over those three seasons with the Jets because then obviously his third year he was kind of banged up a bit. 19 touchdown grabs. So that's, that's, a, that's a pretty impressive number. 2015 was his best year with the Jets. 80 catches, 1,027 yards, and 12, uh, 12 touchdowns. So uh, Decker and him were, were pretty good as a one, or Decker and Marshall were pretty good as a one-two punch. Uh, really, really good good duo the Jets had there. And, and certainly I think they're worthy of the all-decade team. And the number three spot, I went back and forth a little bit because I wasn't really sure if he deserved it because of how bad things got. But Santonio Holmes is is the number three wideout on this team. Uh, he was with the Jets in 2010 through 2013. 2010 was his best year there where he caught 52 passes for 746 yards and six touchdowns. But, I mean, he played a pretty significant role in their two AFC championship runs. Um and uh, I think he was a little bit ba- better maybe than his statistics indicated there with 103 catches for 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns in his 28 games. Um, they that, that was probably because of Sanchez. I think if, if Holmes had a better quarterback under center, he would have been a perennial 1,000-yard thousand perennial 1,000-yard target. 
honestly, if he had a better quarterback than Sanchez under center, maybe things don't turn in as sour as they did. But uh, he's the guy I went with as the number three receiver. It's rough when you're saying that the downing the uh, the quarterback that wasn't good enough for Holmes, and that's actually the quarterback that we put on this All Decade team. Uh, but as far as skill position guys, the only guys that pre- that got to the Pro Bowl for the Jets this decade: Ivory in 2015 and Brandon Marshall in 2015. Pretty crazy. Um, all right, tight end. Uh, lots of guys to choose from. Chris Herndon has been a disappointment this year. I have Eric Tomlinson, Kellen Davis, Dustin Keller, Jeff Cumberland. You went with Keller. Yeah, because he actually had several really good years. I mean, his six-year yeah. run with the Jets, 241 catches, 2,876 yards, and 17 touchdowns. He had 500-plus receiving yards every single year but one, and that was during an injury short in 2012. And, you know, Keller left during free agency. The Jets decided not to resign and went to the Dolphins, and, and he never played another regular season game. I don't know if you remember, but he had that gruesome, gruesome knee injury. I think it was in the preseason where he tore his ACL, PCL, and MCL with the Dolphins and was never able to come back. So uh, he was the guy I went with the tight end. I know the Jets haven't exactly had a luxurious tenure of, of guys there. I know Austin Safarian Jenkins was kind of a flash-in-the-pan player. Um, but but this guy, uh, Dustin Keller, was was one of the better guys the Jets had, a successful first-round pick. And, and it, you know, I was, I'm always – I've always been kind of curious to know what he would have gone on to accomplish during his NFL career because he probably could have played another six, seven years had he not been injured. So uh, he he was the guy I went with there at tight end. All right, so that brings us to the offensive line. And rather than go position by position, I'll let you just work through the five guys you've picked along the O-line. Yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, the, the amazing thing about this is that during the decade, Within the first three rounds of the draft, the Jets selected exactly three players, three offensive linemen within the first three rounds of the draft on the offensive line, and not one of them was in the first round. They grabbed Vlad Dukas in the second, Brian in, in the second round in 2010, Brian Winters in the third round in 2013, then Achuma Adaga this year in the third round in 2019. I mean, you want to know why this line has been as bad as it's been? That's a big reason why. The Jets just, with all these general managers, whether it was Tannenbaum, Idzik, McCagnan, they just never invested in the offensive line, and it's a big reason why right now they're having their struggles up front. So the the all-decade offensive line, it's got two really strong pieces, and then everything else is pretty weak. So left to right tackle, it's DeBrickishaw Ferguson, James Carpenter, Nick Mangold, Brandon Moore, and then Damian Woody. DeBrickishaw Ferguson and Nick Mangold were elite-level players, pro bowlers, all pros. Uh, Ferguson missed like one snap throughout his career or something like that. He was insane. Uh, Nick Mangold, obviously just as good. One of the, He's a borderline Hall of Famer. Same with Brick. Uh, Brickishaw Ferguson's actually back on the coaching staff right now. So uh, those two guys are, are guys that will eventually have their names in the ring of honor. Maybe we'll one day have Buss and Canton. We'll see. But the other guys on this list, I mean, James Carpenter was a decent player, a free agent acquisition by Mike McCagnon in 2015. He had a decent run with the Jets. Nothing elite, but he was good and serviceable, and that's kind of better than what else the Jets have had. Brandon Moore, same thing. Damian Woody, it's the same thing. But the big takeaway here, I mean, the Jets line really hasn't been all that great uh, this decade, and a big reason why is they just never invested the resources to make it great. I mean, when you again, three offensive line, three offensive linemen drafted within the first three rounds of the draft uh, this decade, and those guys are Dacost, Winners, and, and a dog. I mean, that's that's not that's not what you want. All right, let's switch things over to the defense, Connor, and we'll go the other way. We'll start down on the on the D-line, and then we'll work our way out to the secondary. So let's start with the defensive tackles. Give me two guys there. Yeah, I went with – well, 
defense, I'll, I'll go kind of like, we'll, we'll break them down individually, but just as the defensive lineman, I kind of went with three slash four because the fourth wasn't, was a, a, a hybrid linebacker defensive end kind of, but it was Muhammad Wilkerson, Damon Harrison, Sheldon Richardson, and then Calvin Pace. Those were the four guys that went with. Uh, the big one that, that I know his tenure ended, again, so many of these guys, their tenures end so, so poorly, but Wilkerson was a dominant player when when the Jets first drafted him in the first round out of Temple, and, and in that 2015 season he had was one of the better defensive line performances this this team's gotten from anyone in quite some time. 64 tackles, 12 sacks, two forced fumbles, seven pass breakups. I mean, he earned that contract that the Jets gave him, that $86 million extension. He earned it. The issue was was that he broke his foot in the 2015 finale, was never the same, then kind of cashed it in after he got paid, and that's when it became the whole, oh boy. You know, it was like, oh, what happened here? But before that, I mean, he was a pro bowler. He was a premier defensive lineman. I mean, he was as good as, as any defensive lineman the Jets have had. He had another double-digit sack season as well, two years before the 12-sack season. So uh, he he deserved the contract he got. It just, it just didn't work out, and it kind of failed. And then, you know, he had the meeting tardiness and the meeting lateness, and and the Jets eventually made the decision to cut him after the 2017 season, but he certainly deserves a spot on the All-Decade team. Damon Harrison was another one, an, an undrafted free agent they signed who who worked himself into uh, a, a premier nose tackle in the NFL, arguably one of the best nose tackles in the NFL, and and still to this day is probably one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. He played for the Jets from 2012 through 2015. They let him go after that 2015 season because they had to decide both Damon Harrison and Sh- and uh, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson were both free agents. I remember Mike McCagnan during that time saying the Jets had a plan to re-sign both of them. Obviously, that didn't work. They were able to get something done with Mo Wilkerson. They were not able to get anything done with Damon Harrison, who signed a massive deal with the New York Giants before they eventually traded him to the Lions, where he's playing today. But, I mean, he was a, a, a dominant player and put up tackle numbers like you just don't see from a nose tackle. I mean, he had 72 tackles in 2015, and he had a career-high two, in 2016. While it wasn't with the Jets, with the Giants, he had a career-high 82 tackles. So, I mean, this guy is just a dominant player. Uh, never really a pass rusher, but his ability to stuff the run, uh, really, really top-notch. So, he's the other defensive lineman. Sheldon Richardson, who was with the Jets in 2013 through 2016, a pro bowler, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he was really good those first couple seasons. And, you know, I always feel bad for Richardson because I don't think the Jets, I think the Jets kind of gave him a little bit of a disservice when they made the decision to draft uh, Leonard Williams in the first round in 2015 because Mo Wilkerson refused to play anything but his defensive end spot. Leonard Williams was a rookie that the Jets obviously invested a very high draft pick in, so they wanted him to play defensive end. So Sheldon Richardson came back from from kind of a suspension there in 2015 to that or 2015 2016, and kind of had to figure out where he fit in this defense. The Jets played him at outside linebacker. They played him at nose tackle. They played him at defensive end. They tried going from a 34 to a 43. And he was just never able to replicate that success that he saw his first two years in the league when he was able to play his traditional 34 defensive end spot. I mean, this guy was one of the better athletes at his size that I've ever seen. I remember a play in 2000, and I think it was 14, when the Jets played uh, Teddy Bridgewater and the Vikings. And Minnesota threw a screen to someone. I forget the name. The guy burst through the sideline. The Jets were so bad. Lost season, like week 12, 13, something like that. And Sheldon Richardson chased the receiver down just sprinting down the field with speed I've never seen from a from a, a guy his size 
and I can't remember if he made the tackle or if he was just close, but to see him running down the field stride for stride with a receiver was insane. So uh, I think he's definitely worthy of a spot on the All-Decade team. Again, the Jets ended up trading him, which worked out well because the second-round pick they got from the Seahawks was used as as, as uh, potential ammunition to go up and get Sam Darnold in 2017. But I think it was... Uh, it, or 2018, I'm sorry. Was it 18? 17. 18. Yeah. yeah, 18. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I've been talking. Now. It's like our second podcast in a row, so my head's starting <laughs> to spin. Uh, I've been talking way, way too much even for me. Uh, but I think Sheldon Richardson was definitely worthy of, of one of these spots, especially for what he accomplished early, early. And again, you never really know what he could have done in a Jets uniform if they if they had just kind of stuck with the plan and kept Leonard Williams, or I'm sorry, not Leonard Williams, kept Muhammad Wilkerson on the left. Sheldon Richardson on the white, Damon Harrison in the middle, and then maybe use that first-round pick instead of on Leonard Williams on someone like Vic Beasley to give this team a legitimate outside threat, uh, who instead he ended up going to the Falcons a couple piece picks later and was a big, big reason they made their their run to the Super Bowl uh, a couple seasons later. And then the final guy on that defensive line, getting also consider him an outside linebacker, was Calvin Pace. Uh, he was a guy the Jets signed in 2008, which was obviously before the decade, but he played with the team all the way through 2015. Was never the the pass rusher that some imagined he would be when they gave him that six-year, $42 million uh, uh, contract as a free agent, but he was such a, a dirty work guy. He was basically Jordan Jenkins before Jordan Jenkins. He would set the edge. He would set up plays for other guys to make them. He would do all the dirty work to help that defense have success, and you know, while he never really developed into like I said that edge rushing threat eight years he never you know he averaged 5.5 sacks a season in eight years it's hard to imagine the Jets defense having any kind of success during those seasons without pace there at outside linebacker so he's certainly worthy of an all of a spot on the all-decade team all right so you get to the outside linebacker how about the inside linebackers on this team we went with uh two guys that actually played a chunk together Demario Davis who was with the Jets from 2012 to 2015, then returned in the 2017 season, and David Harris. For, starting with David Harris, there's no – I mean, that's that's not a question. And he was drafted second round of the 2007 draft, and, and he's arguably one of the greatest inside linebackers to ever play for the Jets. I mean, during his 10-year run, had 1,087 tackles, which is a uh, – I believe that's, that's a Jets franchise record, 35 sacks. And while he never made a Pro Bowl, which is – just utterly ridiculous that this guy never made a Pro Bowl. Uh, kind of a, a, a shows how much of a sham the Pro Bowl actually is. He'll no doubt have his name in the Ring of Honor. I mean, he is that dynamic and great of a player. I mean, he really is. A, a, he was a tremendous player, no doubt. He deserves a spot on this on this uh, All Decade team. And then Demario Davis. You know, he was a, a very good player during his time with the Jets. That first stint, 2012, 2015, he was good average and kind of hesitant and right around there like he's kind of a good player slightly above average then good maybe a little above average but he was top notch in 2017 really turned a corner 135 tackles five sacks a fumble recovery three pass breakups I mean he was unbelievable during that 2017 season the Jets though which uh, probably was a, a mistake made by Mike McCagnan looked at that year and thought it was kind of a flash in the pan that he just kind of took advantage of increased opportunities and he was going to revert back to the slightly above average mediocre player he had been during his first stint with the Jets in one year with the Browns and not the player that he showed he was in 2017. So they decided to let him walk in free agency and replaced him with Avery Williamson. Demario Davis then went on and signed with the uh, with the, the New Orleans Saints and he's quite literally continued everything that he did in 2017 and then some. He is an integral part to that New Orleans defense. Uh, he's a dominant player for the New Orleans defense. I mean, he has really turned his career around. So I'm sure that if the Jets could have 
a redo, and I know Mike McCagnan wants a slew of them, uh, re-signing <laughs> Demario Davis and not necessarily pursuing Avery Williams. He's a pretty good player, but he's not Demario Davis. Uh, probably would have been something that that team did in 2017 because I know Davis wanted to come back. It was just a money thing. The Jets made basically no push and no attempt to re-sign him. They let him walk, and they brought in Avery Williamson instead. All right, let's move on to the secondary. Uh, start on the outside with the cornerbacks. Obviously, Darrell Revis, a no-brainer. Uh, what's the tandem at corner? There's no surprise. This is this is the least surprising unit on this team of, of anyone. Maybe David Harris is an obvious one, but these two corners were, were elite for the Jets for a while there uh, in the decade. I know they played probably some of their best ball um, – they probably played some of their best ball earlier in the decade – but uh, it was it was certainly elite level ball anyway. Darrell Revis uh, was obviously the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. He certainly was was elite. I mean, it was Batman. And then his Robin. He was Batman, and the Robin was Antonio Cromartie. Those two guys, 2010, 2013. Either they returned in 2015. Revis had a good year in 15. Cromartie did not. Revis was really bad in 16. Cromartie was cut after 2015. But that stretch in the decade, the early portion of this decade. Darrell Revis and Antonio Cromartie were arguably the best corner tandem in the NFL. And, and again, a big reason why the Jets made their runs to the AFC Championship games. Yeah, absolute guys on the outside where you, you didn't even want to throw there. It kind of eliminated Darrell Revis's side of the field for, for a good stretch there. Um, all right, on to the safeties. Two of them, who do you have? And you're going, finally, somebody that's um, a big part of the current team. We haven't seen much of that. No, and, and again, that'll change. The, the key thing is like the, the a lot of the key parts of this team right now are so young that they're just starting. So it's it's tough to give Sam Darnold the nod because all he's played is his rookie year, which was up and down. And then when we pieced this together was when the Jets were like two and seven. So it's tough to say like, oh, he's worthy of an all-decade <laughs> team. I mean, maybe now you could shift it slightly because of these last couple of games. But even then, I mean, Darnold needs pretty much a good two, three years before you can see, you can say, okay, this guy's worthy of the all-decade team. Um, but yeah, the, the, the one, and then obviously the other parts, the other portions of this roster are so young that they're not ready to step up yet. But the one guy that is Jamal Adams, first round pick in 2017, the guy's a, a borderline all pro will probably be an all pro this year, already a pro bowler will be another pro. He'll be a two-time pro bowler by the time this thing ends, uh, probably will be an all pro bowler. Like I said, that 2018 season was one of the best safe seasons I've seen from a safety, 115 tackles, three and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery and interception, 12 pass breakups. This year, he's on pace to even double that. I mean, through week 11, which is when uh, we piece this thing together, Jamal Adams led the Jets in tackles at 56, sacks at 6, tackles for a loss, pass breakups, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, defensive touchdowns, and was second in the team in interceptions. I mean, he literally leads virtually every defensive category for this team. The guy is an all-world player, a tremendous player, and absolutely the best safety that that has played for this team this decade. The other one, his counterpart, it's a little difficult. I, I had Marcus May's name written in here originally, but I took it out just because I don't think he's played enough. I mean, he was okay his rookie year. Missed basically his entire sophomore season, and now he's playing pretty decent football again. But it's tough to give him the nod just because, again, you're going off of like kind of half of a year this year, a good football, then a, an optimistic rookie year, but still wasn't all that good. So I went back to somebody that was more consistent. And then I think, again, if we redo this, Marcus May will probably be on the all-decade team you know, in five years from now, but he's just not there yet. And it was Jim Leonard. He played with the Jets in 2009 through 2011. Best season was that 2010 year, 61 tackles, one pick. And again, May, you can make the argument for Marcus May, but just because he hasn't done it long enough 
necessarily with just kind of an up and down rookie year didn't play as a sophomore and he's been okay this season slightly you know maybe a little above average I just went for the guy that for three full seasons was just very consistent I mean 2009 2010 2011 you knew what you were getting with Jim Leonard was never great never elite but he was good and he was average and and mediocre and that that's fine considering the other options that were out there I mean you're not going to give this spot to Dewan Landry not going to give it to LaRon Landry and certainly not going to give it to Calvin Pryor despite all three of those guys flashing at times they weren't really elite level players. So uh, I, I would say that Leonard was more consistent than the bunch. And while Marcus May will eventually get this spot, I gave it to Leonard for the time being. All right. So just to recap on the offense, quarterback is Mark Sanchez, running backs, Chris Ivory. The receivers are, are Holmes, Decker, and Marshall. Um, Dustin Keller at the tight end, then DeBrickashaw, Ferguson, Damian Woody, James Carpenter, Brandon Moore, and Nick Mangle. That's your offensive line. And then on defense, I, I'm going to have a question for you here, uh, Connor. You have Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson, Damon Harrison, Calvin Pace, David Harris, Demario Davis, Jim Leonard, Jamal Adams, Darrell Rivas, and Antonio Cromartie. So that's 10 on defense because we saved the best for last. Maybe not the best player as far as his Jets career, but this podcast would not be called the Can't Wait Podcast without Bart Scott, Connor. Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 Scott was I think he meant more to the Jets as a leader than maybe the play. I mean, he was at his best and he, he was a better player for the Baltimore Ravens than he was for the Jets. But when Rex Ryan took over as head coach, they brought he brought Rex or when Rex Ryan took over as head coach in two thousand and nine, he brought Bart Scott with him to kind of instill his defense to help build his defense defense teaches defense to kind of instill his mentality and, and no one kind of resembled Rex Ryan as a coach on the field as much as Bart Scott did I mean his best year with the Jets probably came that first year before the decade in 2009 where he had 92 tackles a sack and a pass breakup but he was he was pretty good that 2010 season where the Jets marched to the AFC championship game as well 81 tackles a sack two pass breakups and then over the next two years, he had 126 tackles. So he kind of fell off a little bit as he got older. And then eventually, you know, his final year in 2012, he had 60 tackles, two and a half sex, pass breakup, and an interception. But no, absolutely. I think that Bart Scott deserves a spot on this team. I think Bart Scott is definitely a guy that is that should be on this team. I, I know we're kind of going with three inside linebackers as opposed to two outside linebackers. But that's because the Jets have no decent outside linebackers in the last 10 years. I mean, you want to give it to, like, Jason Babin? Like, I don't think that there's uh, there's anyone really that uh, that is worthy of that spot. So, yeah, Bart Scott as the third inside linebacker of this team and the 11th uh, defender here is what we're going to go with. There you have it, the all-decade New York Jets for the 2010s. Let's hope they can put together a better roster for the 2020s for sure. Um, we're doing this for every team uh, in basically professional sports across the board here at The Athletic, at least in the written form. And every team that we have a podcast for will have a podcast as well. So check it out um, across the podcast network and on the written side, your all-decade teams. And then the national podcast and national writers will also be putting together all-decade teams across full sports. So tons of stuff to to get you going if you're traveling for Thanksgiving and whatever you you're doing this week check out all the the great content here on the athletic great job by connor putting it all together and marissa morris our producer as well we'll be back for another regular edition of the can't wait podcast next week here on the athletic